happened. So we have Jennifer Williams, a senior aide to Vice President Pence, has testified that she found there to be some problematic things about the call. She also confirmed that when uh, President Zelensky, Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine, met with Vice President Pence on September the 1st, Zelensky was concerned about the withholding of US aid, not just because of the value of the military aid in defending Ukraine against Russian attacks, but because of the symbolic value of the aid in and of itself, that by withholding it, uh, it was implying that there was a lessening in US support for Ukraine, which could potentially embolden Russia and undervalue Ukraine's uh, territorial integrity and sov- sov- hmm, sovereign nature. I need to listen to Jennifer Williamson's, Jennifer Williams' testimony some more because, yes, she used the word construed as in if the US did not release the aid that it had, that had been duly appointed by Congress in a bipartisan fashion, then it would be construed by Putin that Ukraine was vulnerable and it would embolden Russia and strengthen their hand in relation to, their, to any territorial acquisitions projects. Uh, namely, militaristic conquest of another sovereign nation. So that's a really important thing for us to pick up on. Uh, I hope the mainstream media is doing it right now, pointing out, rather than a he said, she said type of approach, pointing out that there is an underlying theme. Even with the Trump-friendly and Pence-friendly witnesses who say, seem to be protecting their own butts as much as they can without uh, without committing perjury, that there's still this vein of uh, the call was not appropriate. Uh, Vindman heard the call and immediately performed what he thought was his duty by going to the National Security Council lawyer, John Eisenberg. John Eisenberg is a traitor. When he heard... Uh, Vindman's concerns about the inappropriate nature of uh, Trump soliciting electoral interference with a from from a, a hostage foreign president, Eisenberg immediately moved the uh, records of that phone conversation to a highly secure server that is typically reserved for extremely confidential, highly um, super secret classification material. So it's like a redirect here. We're saying, no, yep, Morrison is not telling the truth when he said it was a mistake for the transcript to be put into the highly secure server. It's not an error. It's something John Eisenberg did purposefully. And the problem is, whilst there are a few whistleblowers and people with enough integrity to tell the truth under subpoena, uh, or enough people to follow the chain of command and report things to lawyers... Some of these lawyers are corrupted. In fascism, you have the intoxication of proximity to power. So you have too many people who will subvert American interests knowing that they're doing so because someone higher up than them in in the line of command is instructing that this be done. And because the person highest up in the chain of command is Trump and Trump is compromised by Putin, then you have this uh, compromised, corrupted system that only a few people will have the integrity to stand up against. 
and to speak publicly about. Even Vindman, doing his duty, reported it to a lawyer who squashed those concerns, who moved the transcript of the call to a secure server so it couldn't be discussed more and told Vindman not to discuss the matter further. So even Vindman's act of patriotism and duty and loyalty was going to be a path leading to exactly nowhere because it was meeting with the obduracy of fascist supporters. When you have a fascist at the top, heading down underneath, you will have increasingly corrupted people who will lie and misrepresent and say whatever is necessary to provide cover for a fascist, because that's what some people voted for. And they will find some internal rationalization to betray their oaths of office, to betray their duty to the public, and to say, well, ultimately, some of the public wanted this, uh, not a popular majority, but still an, electorally, an electoral college significant amount of people voted for this corrupt president. Therefore, it is incumbent on us to facilitate this corruption. Adam Schiff made a powerful closing statement from the hearing today when he said that the founding fathers envisaged impeachment as a tool to safeguard against corruption. He said uh, it, this impeachment was not devised as a process to overturn an election result. It was devised as a necessary recourse if a corrupt person found their way into power. So democracy is not a situation where you elect someone and say, by virtue of that election, we now pronounce them free from corruption and free from criminality. They cannot, by the virtue of the fact that they've been elected, ever commit a crime, so we needn't have any mechanisms for accountability. True, Donald Trump is, uh, in a way, the economic engine of Twitter. Are you saying that Trump is part of the origin stories of Twitter? Because I would imagine that the origin stories of Twitter is still bearded tech bros from the Silicon Valley facilitating ways for people to communicate with each other. Uh, so, yes, I have an important point about when Manafort started spreading the Russian narrative. We need a more a negative word than narrative. I don't want to say Russian fairy tale because I don't want to infantilize it. Russian propaganda line in 2016, we had Paul Manafort working together with his former colleague, Konstantin Kilimnik, who in himself is a former uh, KGB officer. Uh, you have Paul Manafort spreading the idea that Ukraine was going to interfere in the election. I do sleep. I did sleep. I am... Awake now, it's my timeline for awake times. No, manifesto is not quite the right word. It's a Russian story. We could say Russian fabricated narrative. That, that's, that's got promise. Thank you for helping me brainstorm, Zinte. Uh, all right, so I'm looking at a New York Times article published on November the 3rd of this year by Michael Schmidt saying Manafort spread Ukraine conspiracy theory months before 2016 election. Uh, I don't like that it's called conspiracy theory in the media still because now that we have so many conspiracies that are real that are being uncovered, conspiracy theory 
should no longer be used as a pejorative term to dismiss something. Oh, well, it's just a conspiracy theory because we have to be able to differentiate between the conspiracies, that the real conspiracies that we are uncovering that, yes, sound like they're from a spy novel but are based on the fact that world politics can quickly descend into the toilet if corruption is left unchecked, if grandiose uh, racist-inspired... militaristic aggression is left unchecked. If there are too many men in charge and you don't have a yin and yang uh, balance of, of a country being checked in its aspirations. Oh, do I have a troll? The reason why we don't say the whistleblowers... Ah, oh, we do have a troll. The reason why we don't say the whistleblower's um, name is because of protections on the whistleblower's life as the president incites violence against the whistleblower. So initially, the whistleblower was asked to testify. The president uh, amplified and extended his attacks on the whistleblower, causing the whistleblower to be a target for extreme enmity on the part of the president's cult supporters. (laughs) Um... I have another troll who's asking if Zelensky said he was pressured. Zelensky is the hostage in an ongoing extortion situation. So the Ukraine, sorry, Ukraine is still dependent on US aid and also US symbolic support. So that's my big takeaway from Jennifer Williams' testimony is President Zelensky asking Vice President Pence at a September the 1st meeting uh, to, to acknowledge that there was value to US support and and there, conversely, there was a, a downside to the withholding of U.S. aid, further and beyond even the deprivation of U, Ukraine's military uh, fighting services being denied this aid. Ukraine as a whole was denied the symbolic value of open U.S. support, thus emboldening Putin to think that there will be no consequences if they continue to attack or amplify their attacks on the territorial sovereignty of Ukraine. Um, Someone else also seems to be a troll asking me why they didn't impeach earlier. It's like, what's the point? What's the point of impeaching a corrupt president uh, is because corruption has a downside. So thanks for introducing that point, dear troll. Uh, Good question. I don't think you're asking it from a position of good faith, but I'm still happy to address it. Uh, Namely that Mueller's report uh, should have been more impactful. It should have been discussed more by the media. But there was such a powerful cover-up from William Barr because he managed to be appointed as Attorney General with the sole intent of protecting a criminal president and protecting a complicit political party and fabricating all manner of reasons that the left can't be trusted with power. Uh, William Barr gave such a a disgustingly um, biased speech saying that the left uh, only seek to control human nature whereas the right uh, want to promote the rule of law, which... I shouldn't say disgusting, it's just very corrupt because the right, including William Barr, have done everything they can to enable the degradation of the rule of law under Trump. 
So, yes, it, it is a difficult, it is a complication for Trump to be able to aid Ukraine, considering that he is Putin's apprentice. Oh, Putin's apprentice. We should use that more because it links to people's false uh, perception of what The Apprentice was when it was a, a, a fake reality show. Um, yes, somebody's pointing out that Vindman perfectly explained how Trump asking for a favour was essentially an order. Thanks, Zinte. It's correct. Trump making a request in those circumstances was a mob boss saying, nice place you have here. Shame if anything happens to it. I'd like you to hire me to protect you. Uh, Trump and his enablers in the State Department, Volcker and also corrupt Energy Secretary Rick Perry and corrupt um, NatSec lawyer John Eisenberg, all of these people helped Trump to extort the vulnerable president of Ukraine uh, under attack, under ongoing attack from Russia to acquiesce to his demand to make a statement on CNN about how they were going to launch an investigation. So the investigation in and of itself wasn't the most compulsory thing. Trump's people who were putting the squeeze on Zelensky were very concerned with the announcement. So the squeeze is a good word. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write down squeeze. Putin's apprentice... Uh, and the fact that we need to change, ask people to stop using conspiracy theory in a negative way now, considering the validity of so many or the active uncovering of so many real-life conspiracies, namely that Trump conspired with uh, compromised state officials. Uh, Volcker was compromised. Ambassador Gordon Sondland was compromised. When I say compromised, they were subverting their commitment to the Constitution and to, the, and to U.S. national interests to achieve President Trump's uh, criminal campaign intentions because it's against U.S. law uh, to solicit, to seek help with a domestic election from foreign counterparts. So... Trump extorted Ukraine to help him break U.S. campaign finance law. I like Apprentice still because uh, it's, it implies inferior and Trump is still doing Putin's bidding. And also uh, Trump is helping Putin achieve his strategic aims. So there are U.S. bases, abandoned U.S. military bases now flying a Russian flag because Putin's apprentice has done Putin's bidding and abandoned Russian, sorry, U.S. military bases to the care of Russia. All right. Um, I'm writing down the word compromised. Because even as we attempt to get Trump out of office and these hearings are all designated to expose Trump's misconduct, we need to be examining critically the conduct of these officials. Uh, so we can't just exalt Vindman as being a hero because of his service. There are other people who have also served who will also be traitors. Sorry, Champagne, I didn't 
intentionally mute you. Somebody else might have inadvertently. Sometimes our fat fingers might hit on the wrong target. I love how we had a troll just then say, uh-oh, feminist. Uh, and I would agree that opposition to feminism is part of the support that has helped propel Trump into power because fascism always exists. Putin is always trying to defeat America and uh, reduce its power and significance in the world. But what was the factor that helped enough Americans acquiesce to this corrupt uh, cabal of people? I do think you're cool, Champagne. I'm sorry that you got muted, so don't cry. Don't cry. Uh, what am I saying? That... I don't know what I'm saying, Champagne. I've lost my train of thought. It's very important that I regain that. Uh, after I scope here today, I will go on to YouTube and broadcast there, which is lovely in a different way. I'll have less immediate engagement with people and uh, I benefit from hearing people's thoughts and contributions, but at the same time, when I don't lose my train of thought, that's also handy as well. So I like to do both, Periscope and talk with you guys at the coalface of uh, existing in America right now under a corrupt president and many corrupted institutions. Uh, yes, my YouTube channel link should be in my bio. I have something called a linked tree, which has, if you click on it, will show you other, other links that I have, YouTube, website, etc. And, uh, but what were we saying about Putin and Trump? What was I saying? Let's scroll down and see. Ah, I know. A troll had said, uh-oh, uh feminist. And I was saying, yes, the backlash to feminism might be one significant reason why Trumpism gained a foothold in the US. It's not surprising that Trump gained a foothold in the US. People don't just uh, reject candidates for being incompetent if those candidates simultaneously have very high public name recognition and have public, high public name recognition for business competence. So Americans are overly deferential to business competence and in Trump's case it was perceived business confidence that had been uh, magnified and highlighted and falsely whipped up to seem something that it was not by another traitor, Mark Burnett, who uh, produces Survivor but also uh, produces puff pieces on corrupt businessmen such as Donald Trump who uh, were likely compromised by Russia or conscripted by Russia to be an sort of idiot level uh, asset. Asset. Trump as a foreign asset rather than as a Russian agent. Uh, so Trump might be an idiot in many departments, but people are multifaceted and Trump certainly has a significant amount of rat cunning, marketing skills and an understanding of how to appeal to the basest emotions of his base. Yes, America is so religious, well, has such strong uh, puritanical origins that the 30% of the ultra-religious uh, easily divert from reality in their thinking. And then the rest of America that's still also quite religious is 
just enables their religious extremism to proceed unimpeded because Americans also have too much reverence for religion. I've heard of studies in which it's said that uh, given scenarios to who you'll think badly of without actually knowing them, uh, an atheist is at the top of the list, that Americans will be more suspicious of the motives of someone if they know they're an atheist than they will even if that person is uh, of another religion. So they're more prejudiced against atheists than they are against Muslim people in the main. I find that difficult to believe, but maybe that was true in a con- contained psychological study circumstances. And maybe people didn't want to admit their suspicions of Muslims, but they were more happy to air their prejudices against uh, atheists at that point. So America's puritanical roots uh, account in some way for the significant backlash than backlash against not only uh, a democratic president but a black democratic president. So partisanship, the problems of American partisanship were compounded by having uh, America's first president of colour. And again, that's from America's historical roots uh, in racism and a history of owning people of colour and mentally organising races into a, a hierarchy in which white people are higher and black people are therefore more likely to be deemed as less worthy by people who have internalised that racist framing. Uh, someone is, Champagne is pointing out that hatred against atheists is more acceptable than Islamophobia in America, in your opinion. At least publicly, yes. Uh, Feminism certainly is part of the left. Someone asking me if I play chess is going to be muted for irrelevancy at this stage. We have high standards for people that we tolerate having a voice, uh, an interactive voice in this scope and irrelevancies, uh, trying to delegitimize me because I'm not American and do not live in America. Uh, they are all destined for the mute basket. And just to be clear about that. All right, everybody, what I might do now is go uh, on YouTube. I follow me, if you will, and I will very much appreciate uh, your support. Ah, someone's asked me how Boston's going. Boston is unfortunately off the table. My husband rejected the job offer, so we will not be going to Boston at this stage, at this point in time. I will not be joining you all in the US, which is a sad thing, but also a relief. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That would have been nice to have more uh, potential for meeting some of you in person. And ah, your name is SoCal on YouTube. That's great. Uh, anybody who follows my YouTube account has my gratitude. It's davcat43. <laughs> David is suggesting that I'm lucky uh, to, to not be going to the US. I hear even Jim Comey suggested he would move to New Zealand if uh, Trump gained a second term. So unfortunate that James Comey can move to New Zealand having... I, I see Jim Comey as a hostage as well, 
but his role as a hostage was nevertheless to play a very significant part in uh, damaging the electoral prospects of Hillary Clinton. Thank you, everybody, for following me on YouTube. I think I'm up to 111 subscribers, uh, so that helps. Oh, I seem to remember you as being a muted troll from yesterday. I guess muting wears off after 24 hours, perhaps. Americans being religious is only a bad thing when it increases their susceptibility to bad faith arguments that lead them off the path of reality and into enabling corruption and criminality. Ah, thank you, Dem Warrior Princess. I bet you were one of my first followers. You are very devoted and I thank you so much. My husband points out that unless I write a business plan that all of this activity that I generate is essentially a hobby. So my request to everybody for help is that if you find even f or that perhaps you have a pen and paper handy when you listen to this podcast or sorry Periscope so that if you do have any ideas on how to further this platform or even five words that you have found interesting or your favorite parts if you have one one favorite part or five interesting words or any type of suggestions would be so appreciated because as you know I am purely an amateur doing this in an amateur fashion and to uh, level up to try and meet people's needs for entertainment and information to accomplish my goals of helping keep people in the public informed um, filling the gaps left by the mainstream media sometimes when the pace of news delivery is so frenetic that people find it hard to build up a clear story of what's being told, that there is this pattern of corruption, that people jump on board because of the intoxicating effect of being uh, on the side of the people in power, that dulls people's receptivity to real evidence. I want to break through that dullness with an engaging and interesting platform. Oh, thank you. I don't know what being sent a super chat on YouTube is, but that sounds helpful and like something I should investigate. Uh, any other suggestions? So welcome as well. And I hope I always uh, live up to your best expectations and tweak my delivery so that I minimize your worst experiences with this scope. Someone says um, that they're just curious of my thought processes on religion. Religion is very important. And prayer, I've realized now, not only has the impact of bookmarking issues of importance to someone, it's a way of recommitting ourselves each day to our values. So when you join a religion, you find someone who's, or you find an organization whose values uh, align with yours, or you're born into a religion and you grow up uh, with a value system, you reinforce a value system each day. And it's very important to have one. I think Russia has been very underserved uh, by having moved away from religion. And there is now so much cynicism, schadenfreude uh, in, in Russia. And it motivates Vladimir Putin to prove that the, the West is uh, morally worse than they claim to be. 
Which is probably true. Most people are morally worse than they claim to be. You have public-facing morals and then you have your own private compromises or whatever you've done that betrays your value system. That's the nature of human existence. Oh, wow, you paid for a comment that the content creator receives. Goodness. Um, Dem Warrior Princess sends, says that she's been sending requests to Mado to check me out. That's really sweet and I so appreciate it. Uh, Craig13 is saying that Middle America is very religious in comparison to the coasts, which have little morals, although with your statement, Craig, you are undercutting the fact that non-religious people can still have a highly developed uh, moral morality system, uh, just more organized along humanistic lines. But yes, prayer is an important way to reiterate values to ourselves. So people decry the left for having a too narrow value system at this point in time, perhaps for being obsessed with uh, equality for gay people and for transsexual people and other people. But there's nothing particularly wrong with that system of morality. It's just that it is well supplemented by having religious people uh, who also value things like service, selfish, selflessness, um, dedication to others, reducing poverty through helping people, enhancing social cohesion. Uh, I think you'll find that a lot of the less religious countries, such as Sweden, all of the Nordic countries, have very strong social cohesion because of their social programs, their democratic socialism, as it were, which manages to avoid hedonism, has a strong ethos of social contribution, and is very atheistic. So that's something to consider, that moving away from religion doesn't mean moving away from morality. Someone else is making the argument that it is more moral to act in a morally correct way without the fear of eternal punishment. Uh, so that, yes, some morality in religion is linked to consequences rather than principle. So principle is when you determine a moral way to behave from a code of, derived from a code of conduct founded on moral principles. And religion is often uh, follow this code of conduct out of fear, or at least they add to the system of principles a fear that you'll receive uh, eternal damnation, i.e. a specific consequence to follow your actions. So wonky people nowadays have to be just as vocal as religious people in explaining in a way that's accessible to a majority of people the fact that social cohesion has value, that um, a broad tax base that gathers taxes from everyone and proportionately from highly successful people who are not being punished for their success but are rather being asked to contribute proportionately to their success in a way that acknowledges the context of their success so that their con success did not occur in a vacuum. Their success occurred in a society with strong social cohesion as a consequence of high marginal tax rates, that is gathering a large amount of money from people who earn a lot of money because they wouldn't have been able to do so without the infrastructure in place that a high marginal tax rate allows for. 
so high marginal tax rates in America, allowed for the founding of great infrastructure such as highways, airports, uh, public schools, etc. I hope that makes sense. Uh, and when America gives over too much time to praising philanthropy as if that's the answer to promote social cohesion, you might be inadvertently validating a system in which you have to beg billionaires or your neighbours and friends for help paying your medical bills if misfortune ever strikes you. Uh, Jesus advocated for helping each other uh, and then some people formalised into government a system by which help is offered to the less fortunate. So in a way, some Christian concerns were codified into US law that Republicans now seek to overturn. Republicans, conservatives seek to uh, pull back that social safety net and they've been pulling it back for a long time, uh, resulting in Americans having a very unstable and inadequate social safety net system. As you can see from all of the people who are, who are bankrupted by medical conditions, bankrupted by the medical bills associated with their medical conditions. And people want to make the division between people who, who can be blamed for their medical conditions and people who can't be blamed. But really the point is because of the existence of the people who can't be blamed, uh, that Christian ethos of humanistic ethos uh, of taking care of people so that nobody dies in a, in a ditch, regardless of how much America has been taught to resent each other, how much America has been taught to focus on overweight people as if they are bringing America down. There's been so much uh, blame culture in the US that in order to improve the US, people turn around and are very critical of it. I noticed that in relation to America's competitiveness in a business sense with Japan. There was, it was very popular in the 80s to say, oh, Japan's doing so much better than us. We're clearly terrible and Japanese have a better work ethic. There was that um, very puritanical tendency to be highly critical of, of one's own country. And the thing is, it wasn't really necessary. Japan didn't have that much of a superior business culture. And in fact, creativity and uh, innovation and honesty in business dealings is sometimes depressed in the Japanese system because of a stronger cultural emphasis on rote learning and uh, conformity, cultural homogeneity and um, hierarchical submission. So you join a company for life, you submit to the people in charge, you don't challenge authority, you don't innovate, you, you just work your nose to the grindstone in this very patriarchal culture as well where there's much lower rates of females participating in the workforce. So why, let's, let's stop being so self-critical, America, because it's built, up, it's built up this animosity towards each other. And in order to adopt a social system where there's more cohesion, where you have more of the intangible benefits of valuing each other, giving each other the benefit of the doubt, not just looking at fat people and saying you are the end of the world for America, you are the end of America, uh, can pull together and say, come on, everybody, um, let's all exercise, let's all take exercise individual responsibility and exercise our collective responsibility to vote for policies that best serve the public. 
So let's believe in this concept again of the public. Thank you, Redemption 2. We've had an interesting conversation today and... I hope it's, it's been entertaining. If you have any feedback, feel free to direct message me or chime in with a comment here and now. I am literally tapping my hand to say, that's it, time out. I'm going to YouTube now. I will broadcast a live video from there. And thank you again for your time. If you follow me, that would be great too. But your support in all of these platforms is very welcomed and appreciated. Oh, and today on Patreon, it's Thank You Patreon Day. So I would just like to put a shout out to my beautiful patrons whose belief in me and is expressed through financial support, which is really awesome and very validating. Thank you for putting a smile on my face and giving me some more confidence to keep coming and plugging away at this self-appointed task that I've set myself of trying to facilitate our understanding of each other, our understanding of the political developments in the US and in nationalistic political movements around the world. I should get a buzzer, shouldn't I? I've got a timer that looks like a pear. That would be a good idea. Thank you, Zinte. I will bring over that pear next time. Someone once did say to me that when I say I'm going, I habitually stay on for 20 minutes later and that that 20 minutes is sometimes the most valuable part of the of the scope (laughs) so maybe I could set a timer for 20 minutes and then a second timer for another 20 minutes oh 40 minute scopes it's long isn't it I've got to streamline this process and write a business plan if anybody has any experience in writing a business plan please contact me let me know Uh, I value your help (laughs) I'm not familiar with business plans And I sometimes think I just put myself out here and things will eventually happen, but I I have to be a driver of developing, developing these opportunities. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care. My YouTube channel is Davcat43. And we'll go. Craig is writing that he's learned that even when he's muted... I better wait for Craig to finish his sentence here. What happens to Craig even when he's muted? Let's find out. While Craig's writing the the end of his sentence, I'll note that I tried to listen to my own voice yesterday on a podcast and I found it boring. I'm going to try and put more colour in my vocal tone today to be interesting Oh, (laughs) that's Craig's kind contribution. It's okay, Zinte, the suspense need not kill you anymore. Craig has said that he's found even when he's muted, I just keep talking. Well, yes, Craig, when you are muted, I continue to talk because it's my platform. (laughs) This is my audience that I have assiduously cultivated uh, through my time and commitment to the self-appointed task of deputizing myself to report on American political developments, American hyperpartisanship, American fascism, American uh, deference to authority that has led the mass media or the mainstream media to sometimes be ill-equipped to expose President Trump's misconduct to the 
to the country because they are too busy reporting on President Trump's own accounting of his behavior. So they give too little emphasis to the fact that Trump settled a lawsuit for $25 million with the victims of his Trump University scam, that Trump has been forced to pay $2 million uh, to charities as a consequence of being held accountable for the uh, misuse of his charitable organization, Trump Trump Foundation, which held fundraisers allegedly for veterans, and yet funds from that fundraiser were diverted into his political campaign pockets. Yes, authoritarianism is often fueled by racism because it's view, it's fueled by uh, misunderstanding how the world works by unjustly categorizing the world into a racial hierarchy. Yes, Sinte makes an important point that Trump is also a cash cow for the media. Uh, Hopefully they're tiring of it and they are in for a final season in which Trump is held accountable for his crimes and that an appropriate amount of attention is paid to the elements of the story that is truthful or that involves people telling the truth that have come forward at great personal cost. Uh, Christine Blasey Ford was defeated after coming forward to give a true accounting of her experience with a Supreme Court nominee and it made logical sense that she was risking her safety and her livelihood and her family's safety uh, to do what she thought was her duty as a citizenship, as a citizen. Uh, And she was ignored and the people pushing a fake narrative of that event in the past, that she was mistaken, that somebody else was her true assailant. Those fakers found a motivated audience in Republicans and they were able to triumph because of their slim majority in the Senate. And the midterm elections, as consequential as they were, failed to deliver a Democratic majority. Which, as I now understand, the intransigence of American partisanship was always going to be an uphill battle. More Democrats were up for, for re-election than Senate's. Uh, Senate Republicans in that particular midterm, which meant uh, that it was the situation was less stable for Democrats and they were more exposed to danger. The danger of being uh, pressured out by Republican campaigns involving lying about Democratic positions on immigrants and open borders, etc. They pretended that Democrats uh, wished to increase criminality and wished to remove protections from Americans and that there was an invasion across the border. So a lot of uh, media complicity in promoting essentially Russian-style narratives, fake narratives, uh, presenting false accounts of risk to an American public. But the same campaigns were run in Louisiana to try and oust the Democratic incumbent for, for the Louisiana governorship, and that failed. So hooray for truth succeeding. I also want to draw people's attention to an Iowa Republican. I don't know his name, but I recently tweeted out uh, a now this compilation clip of this, the, the longest-standing Iowa Senate, state senator, Republican, uh, saying that he was withdrawing his membership from the Republican Party and transferring his allegiance, his party membership to the Democratic Party because he uh, could no longer countenance the misconduct, the divisiveness, 
the distance from the truth of the leader of the Republican Party, President Trump. Oh, Craig gave me a super heart. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> that's so funny because um, that's sweet. That's sweet. Now, if only Steve King would resign. I've heard the word beleaguered in connection with Steve King for a while. But yes, I think Craig is appreciating that I'm still here instead of leaving for YouTube just yet. Uh, a commentator called OBJ Mac is pointing out that the same's happening in the UK with the Tory party propaganda used against the Labour Party. Yes, it's happening internationally. Uh, Rupert Murdoch is significantly fueling it. The weaponizing of racism, the weaponizing of an inherent human trait to be suspicious of people who don't physically appear to belong to the in-group to scapegoat minority groups, to demonize and scapegoat minority groups. I want to find language that helps people buy into this understanding that what's being done is, is corrupt. It's not based on real risk. They use some data points to create a false story of a threat and a false story of uh, how nationalism, racist nationalism will save people. So conservative politicians in the UK told people that they would save money, that their national health service would be saved by Brexit. And instead, Brexit will involve the, the privatisation of their health system, selling off their national health system to American private health companies who will exploit and damage UK citizens in the same way that Americans are damaged uh, by having to uh, submit paperwork when they fall ill. Uh, submit paperwork to companies who have competing and contradictory aims to help the person with an ailment perhaps, but also a competing interest to maximise profit by denying people's claims to, to require health care. So by finding fault with those claims, nitpicking them, saying you don't really need medical treatment, you don't really need this particular service, you can't see a doctor of your choice, etc., uh, putting obstacles in the way of people receiving healthcare, and and thus maximising profit for shareholders in private health companies. So the privatisation of public assets is a big policy plank of conservatives that they typically keep hidden uh, under wraps from the public and mostly go with promoting a culture war between multiculturalism, which they frame as being a negative, despite the very real fact that multiculturalism is a positive, that migration uh, helps company, countries prosper and, uh, and lifts education standards for every country that allows for a degree of heterogeneity in their population. Just as uh, an individual's health is positively affected by having more genetic diversity in their background rather than less, uh, so too are countries helped by having a greater degree of migrant influence and migrant energy and migrant entrepreneurship. So thank you to whoever's giving me hearts. That's quite sweet and cheerful. I should make a note of professional qualities I'm trying to cultivate. One is the ability to sustain a thought even under duress, uh, even under interruptions, and to be grateful to people for their support. 
OBJ Mack is saying empirically it's a positive, but somehow the loss of sovereignty is supposed to oppose that. The true loss of sovereignty is uh, in accepting influence from Vladimir Putin to weaken the West, to undermine the world order established after the horrors of World War II. And people used that horror to motivate themselves to construct a better world. And shall we be passive as that world is undermined? We have been too passive. Uh, it was going to be difficult for any of us individually to stop Vladimir Putin. He's well organized. He has a military budget of millions of dollars to interfere with the elections of democratic countries. And he has a weaponized ability to conduct um, cyber warfare against us uh, and disinformation campaigns that have uh, weapons-grade level abilities to find vulnerable, mentally vulnerable people to micro-target and bombard with propaganda. Yes, billions. Vladimir, has, Vladimir Putin has billions of dollars to uh, put towards undermining the West and undermining the world order that has at least given us a degree of security and prosperity. He could easily turn us against ourselves because he knows we're weakened by everything that's happened uh, since September 11, that we're weakened by the hypocrisy of our support for Israel, that we want Jews to have a safe homeland, but that we've ignored the plight of Palestinian people. Uh, Putin knows that we are vulnerable, that these are our fault lines, that conflicts in the Middle East will happen because of our failure to understand the dynamics of what's happening there because of our collective blindness to people suffering in the Middle East who aren't Jewish people, who aren't Israeli. Uh, Trump is a product of Putin exploiting our fault lines, our historical uh, susceptibility to racist arguments for the fact that there's a subset of the US population that is so incredibly racist. They think racism nowadays only impacts white people, uh, that reverse racism is a systemic and institutionalized problem. And all of this, all of this is really key to understanding what's happening now and to use it as a base from which to start speculating about how we best dig ourselves out of this pit, the Cold War battles that we have lost already against Putin, the um, battles for the public's hearts and minds that is raging even as we speak, and to take heart from the positive developments that the trend lines in terms of the number of Americans or the percentage of Americans who, who wish to impeach and remove Donald Trump from office uh, are at a majority. It's 51% of polled American voters who believe that Trump should be impeached and removed. I wonder what the number gets to if you poll people who aren't registered voters, people who might be too passive to vote but who still have an informed opinion on... on I nearly said Vladimir Trump. I could say Vladimir Trump. That would be funny. I want to build an association pattern in people's minds between uh, Trump and Putin to underline the real world situation. So there are some uh, PR people from New Zealand or election operatives, political operatives from New Zealand who've helped the Australian government with political campaigns and are being used now by the UK government. And they have bombarded Facebook with memes with simple pieces of 
promotional material to form false, false associations in people's mind between the left and communism, between the left and every possible negative outcome you can think of. And it's very targeted, it's very concerted, and it's very destructive. So I'm almost thinking that I should read out loud articles in which they admit to their strategies so that we too can adopt their strategies but allow our strategies to be underpinned by a commitment to reality. And their strategies are underpinned by a commitment to a self-serving ideology. They want to advance the interests of wealthy people. Underneath all that, there may be some religious commitment that they think uh, religion is losing ground and they need to defend it. They need to increase the power in the court of religious people and wealthy people. And when I say religion, their religion then would probably be some form of gospel Christianity, whereby if you have money, nobody should tax you at a proportionate level because all of that money belongs to you because it's God's blessing and taking that from you would be theft. So conservative people who ideologically oppose uh, having tax-funded infrastructure, having community-funded public public assets uh, that benefit everybody. Thanks for listening, chaps. Uh, all the best. Talk to you hopefully tomorrow. And if you feel that you've benefited from or enjoyed this scope, please find one way to support me, whether it be feedback, whether it be a phrase or a word that you thought was interesting so that I can build on it. Be like my... Um, a research campaign for me. Provide a data point as to what helps you or what appeals to you so that I know uh, where I'm able to reach people. Your data point, I'm not saying I will extrapolate from that to mean everybody. You don't have to feel afraid that uh, I will take your opinion as the be-all and end-all. I'll take it as a data point. But please be confident to know that your feedback, your opinions are of interest to me. What you think works for the scope is of interest to me. Uh, that's probably my preferred form of, of criticism is what works. Maybe a what works sandwich. Two things that work and something that doesn't work you think that I could improve on. That would help. And, and support on the YouTube platform as well, much appreciated. Thanks again, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, uh, this is a YouTube segment that I'm doing now. Thank you for joining in. What I'm hoping to accomplish here is to just go over some of the more valuable things that I think we can take away from the impeachment hearings at present. 
I think it's very important to take away the fact that there is a Cold War with Vladimir Putin happening. Uh, Colonel Alexander Vindman, who emigrated from the USSR with his family when he was four years old, he has a twin brother and another brother, and all... And perhaps another one, because he said all three of his brothers have served in the military, although perhaps that counted himself. They've all served with the military uh, as a consequence of what they felt to be a debt of gratitude to America for taking them in as refugees from the Soviet Union. And this is very important because Vindman has served honorably. He's served in Iraq. He's received a Purple Heart after being uh, wounded from a... Um, a roadside explosive device that penetrated the armour of his armoured vehicle. He has dedicated decades uh, to the armed services and he has served with distinction, being promoted to the role of being in charge of coordinating American policy uh, pertaining to Ukraine. So it was his job to provide President Trump with talking points for the July 25th call and for the previous call. Trump did not care about corruption. Trump has uh, withdrawn funding from a number of U.S. initiatives to combat corruption in the Ukraine and elsewhere. Trump's corruption that he was concerned with was forcing the, the newly elected Ukrainian president into a hostage situation whereby he felt compelled to agree after weeks of holding out against Trump com commands to act corruptly. Trump was trying to force Ukraine to corruptly agree to an investigation of Trump's political rivals and not even agree to an investigation, agree to the announcement of an investigation that Trump would have then made merry hay with in his political campaigning against Joe Biden. He would have said Biden's under investigation. And indeed, Trump's efforts on that front will have succeeded. He's still going to say Biden should be under investigation that's all that I was trying to do, and now they're trying to impeach me for it. I just happen to have this very specific focus on corruption, namely the fairy tale that I want you to believe that Biden, a Hunter Biden, a qualified lawyer, uh, getting a board seat on a Ukrainian gas company means Joe Biden acted corruptly or Hunter Biden acted corruptly. Neither of them did. Did. As the news will say, there is no evidence or it is an unfounded assertion. Let's be even more enthusiastic than that. Let's say Trump wanted to corruptly force Ukraine to surrender to his demands as Trump held his country hostage, not only for the military aid of the 391 bipartisan appointed dollars from Congress, Congress who through the separation of the powers has the power of the purse. Congress, who had already organised for the Department of Defence to check out Ukraine and come up with a ruling, and they had already ruled that Ukraine was sufficiently active in fighting corruption to deserve the military help. Uh, so that had already been ticked off by the Department of Defence as a worthy goal to, for, for American uh, national security interests to be promoted by the appointment of this aid to Ukraine. So Zelensky was under fire, literally from Russians, figuratively from Trump, who wanted to expose him to more fire from Russians, because as Jennifer Williams testified under oath today, 
uh, President Vladimir Zelensky asked Pence about the aid and stressed the importance of the aid, not merely for the inherent value of the aid itself, but for the symbolic value of strong support, strong and visible support from the US to illustrate to Vladimir Putin that there were checks and balances on his intentions towards Ukraine. And Putin's intentions towards Ukraine are to take over the country. Remember how many American lives were sacrificed in various wars with Iraq. And in the first war with Iraq, ostensibly was to punish Iraq for having taken over uh, Kuwait, for having said, look, there's oil reserves in Kuwait, let's take it over. And America said, no. Republican presidents said we would rather attack Iraq than stand by and allow another country to be militaristically acquired for its oil assets. And now we have a Republican president saying, I don't want to give you the aid, uh, that I have no legal power to withhold, actually, because uh, Congress appointed this aid and there are various provisions for the president holding up aid if he went through a process of advising Congress that the aid was being held up whilst the president demanded more investigations into corruption. None of that procedure was followed. So Trump was on no solid procedural basis for holding up the aid to Ukraine. And instead, you have the Ukrainian president being held hostage and told to act corruptly to support Trump's uh, criminal enterprise because it's against US law. It's a felony to seek and solicit foreign aid in a US domestic election. So that was law-breaking of Trump, to want to solicit foreign help. It was then further more criminal in terms of it was extortion for Trump to say, do as I say and play along with the charade, make an announcement about how you organically, without my influence, just happen to think that an investigation is merited to imply that there were that there was substance to to these to the to Trump's request for an investigation to pretend that there was substance to Trump's uh, Putin Putin led narrative of Ukraine being the one to blame for interference in the 2016 election instead of the findings that we all accept unanimously from American intelligence agencies that Russia has interfered in the 2016 election and that Russia continues to interfere with American democracy by devoting millions of dollars to covertly influence the hearts and minds of American voters by creating false profiles on the internet, pretending to be American accounts arguing in support of Trump or Bernie Sanders. That was the type of interference that happened before. There were more. There were hacking attempts on American polls. We also know that... Is there a fire over there? Sorry, I think I see a, either a very crazy barbecue or something is literally on fire that I can see out of my window. Well, if it gets worse, I'll do something. Maybe I should do something now. All right, that sounds like it's a good signal for me to go, something literally possibly being on fire. Uh, but thanks for listening in. I hope we all accept this takeaway of a vulnerable Ukrainian president 
a, UK, a US ally was held hostage by a criminal president who wanted help to pursue his criminal aims of breaking US law in relation to campaign finance. And f- to do that, to accomplish that breaking US law in uh, making extortion and bribery illegal by withholding something that was promised to the Ukrainian president, corruptly withholding it, in order to compel the Ukrainian president to agree to announce that an investigation was occurring, to agree to proceed with a pattern of activity that would have convinced the American public that there was grounds for an investigation. And that aim is being achieved even now, even though the plot has been to a degree uncovered, Trump's aims with that plot are still being achieved. He is still hypnotizing the American public by putting the words Biden and investigation in close proximity to each other and bombarding the attention span of the American public with that message. Investigation, Biden, dirt, Biden, blah, blah, blah. This is all Putin-style messaging tactics and no wonder Russian media, which is essentially state media for Putin, are delighted with the outcome of the hearing so far because they love the muddying of the water. They love the fact that Republicans are being given an opportunity to air slanders against the public servants who are testifying truthfully of President Trump's misconduct. I wish there was more reporting on the laws that were being broken and not just reporting on the direct events. So not just Vindman said this, Williams said this, Morrison said this, but the law that is being allegedly broken in this instance is a law against uh, soliciting foreign help in a domestic election. There's another law that's broken, which is a, a law to prevent people deceiving the American public about the origins of an electoral campaign. You have to be transparent when you say who is organising a campaign. So for Trump to have his diplomats conceal uh, the origins of this push for an investigation so that when Zelensky said, I'm launching an investigation, he wouldn't have said, I'm launching an investigation at the behest of these state officials. That would have all been secret. And I wish that had been talked about in the hearings today, actually. Was it? I didn't listen to all of it. But I think it's unlikely or there would be more noise. Did anybody ask these officials, when you insisted that Zelensky make this announcement, when you wrote a script for Zelensky to say on the CNN show in which he was promising that he would go and do Trump's bidding of announcing an investigation into the Ukrainian attacks on the 2016 election or the corruption by Biden, uh, was it going to be admitted to that this was at the request of the US State Department and at the request, the personal request of Trump to his uh, EU ambassador, Gordon Sondland? All right, the fire has stopped. So I am under no compulsion to go anywhere, which means possibly that it was never a fire. It might have been a fogging treatment. So, oh, let me check and see if there are any live chat comments that I can respond to in case anybody has interacted with this video live. Let's have a look. Davcat43. To any of my Periscope followers who have followed me across to this medium, 
I say thank you so much for uh, being part of this. <sighs> Rats. I can't see any live chat at the moment, but it's also because I'm not logged in. All right, fine. All right, this is one person's logged into live chat now, so I presume that's me. I'll just, I'll just get off the internet. Thanks for listening, and I hope if you've derived any value from this scope or this broadcast, uh, that you take note of what you found interesting, that you engage with it, potentially click like or share it. That would all be very helpful to me in amplifying this platform, amplifying my work on this platform and amplifying, amplifying my presence in general on the internet. I'm working hard at this stuff, guys, and any, any bit of support is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Bye. Hello and welcome to Davcat 43 Fights Fascism, a daily podcast working through some of the ever-changing information around the political dynamics at play in the US and the fascist escalations that are recurring in part because of Putin and his campaign to undermine Western democracy. So I'm here with a goal to raise awareness and advocate for collective action on our part because these things don't change until a collective mass of decent people find a resolve in their hearts to say no. This is not an acceptable direction for our countries to take and to defend the rule of law, the stability and prosperity of our nations, and to identify the real enemies of our collective security, corrupt people who either take money directly or indirectly from oligarchs, including Russian oligarchs, uh, and who jeopardize our collective safety and the world order. Thanks for listening. Today's episode features some audio from a live Periscope broadcast and a live YouTube broadcast. Thanks for listening.